What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Hey, Bombshell. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm so appreciative of you taking your time to spend with me to learn how to become a more bold, brave, unwaveringly confident woman in business. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We do a lot of encouragement and we do a lot of education and motivation and just learning the tactical things to do to strengthen your business. And we all believe that when we strengthen our businesses and our professional life, where we spend the large majority of our time, it enables us to have a very rich and rewarding and less stressful personal life. And on the note of stress, the today's episode is going to be about our mental health. May is mental health month. And according to mentalhealthamerica.net, since 1949, Mental Health America and their affiliates across the country have led the observance of May is Mental Health Month by reaching millions of people through the media, local events, and screenings. They welcome other organizations to join them in spreading the word that mental health is something everyone should care about by using the May is Mental Health Month toolkit that they provide. There's materials there and conducting awareness activities. So I want to have a conversation around this today, but I also encourage you to go check out that toolkit and see how you might be able to bring this up within your business, within the organizations that you participate in, or even just on your own personal social media, because mental health is, there's so many stigmas attached to it, and I'm going to get real, real about it today. (laughs) And I think the more that we do that, the less weird it is, the less awkward it is to have a conversation around it. You know, the, the statistics around suicide are astronomical. Just even recently in the past month, a local gal that I went to high school with took her life. And I didn't know her in adulthood, but I knew her in high school. And she was a lovely, wonderful, kind woman. There are people that I love with drug addictions, serious drug addictions, like hardcore drug addictions, and people that I've known over the years and people who are in recovery. And, you know, a lot of times drugs are the self-medication for mental illness or even just temporary depression and anxiety. And so there is such a breadth and depth of mental illness. And we won't get into all of that today. But what I do want to talk about today specifically, because as a bombshell businesswoman, I think these are probably the issues that are most challenging for the average woman in business is depression and anxiety. And I started to ask a therapist to join me on the show today. But instead, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to speak to my own journey and provide the resources that I have found um, that worked for me and that also might be a step beyond what I've had to personally do um, or, or leverage. So, you know, just to be real, 
the different ways, and these aren't all encompassing. Again, I am a businesswoman. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a licensed clinical social worker. So this is this is sheerly anecdotal and I'm giving no medical advice. From my experience with myself, family, friends, there are genetic dispositions for depression and anxiety. There are circumstantial times, seasons in our life where depression and anxiety can have a breeding ground. And then there are environmental relationships, uh, just work environments, whatever that looks like. There are environmental causes for depression and anxiety. Um, For me personally, I do think that I'm genetically wired um, (laughs) to have anxiety. And then there's also been so many circumstances throughout my life, many of which, you know, if you've been a listener, for some time. Moving across the country, there were like lots of things going on at that time. Um, obviously, a teen pregnancy, a teen wedding, being in an abusive relationship, making bad decisions, coping with my depression and anxiety during that time. And then those bad decisions <laughs> making my life harder, making my life worse, making things way more stressful and truly careening out of control. I could go deep into the details of of the stupid decisions that I made, but I'm just going to invite you to think about all the ridiculous things that you've done trying to numb the pain or trying to self try to control your anxiety or your depression. And, you know, I've been very honest, even from stage, that in high school, I was depressed. I was totally depressed. That's how I ended up getting knocked up at 16. And I looked so happy on the outside and I was involved in everything. But I was um, dealing with a lot at that time and didn't even realize that that's what it was. I just thought, you know, I'm going through change, which again, change can be a major triggered to the path of depression. Clinically, I am not like depressed as a person. Like that's not something that I deal with on a daily basis, but anxiety totally is, totally is. Oh my gosh, I'm wired tight. And and that can be a good thing. I, I like to consider some of my things like my attention deficit disorder and my anxiety, while they are challenges, they are also my superpowers. And so, um, you know, everybody's like, oh my gosh, you have so much energy. And I don't think that if I wasn't like an anxious kind of like get it done type person, I wouldn't be able to do what all I do. And I love what I do. So it's just a matter of managing it. Just sticking with the depression part that lasted a very long time, years, because I was, again, just stuck. And I met my son's father and and we chose to get married and Brittany had a stepdad and, you know, it was not a good relationship, even though we were married for years because we were just not even the same person. Right. We were just not even on the same page. And and, you know, we're great now and we co-parent effectively. But that was not a good season. And what I realized as I am, you know, just continuously seeing not no fruit, no fruit from my efforts. I I thought, you know what? I'm not going to change him. There is a common denominator in all of my problems and I'm looking at her in the mirror. So I chose that instead of trying to manipulate what's going on around me or expect something of somebody else that I wasn't even expecting of myself, I decided 
to go to therapy. And you know what? The first time was the right person. And it does take interviewing, if you will. You have to feel comfortable. You have to feel like you are going to be heard and that you are actually going to get something out of that relationship. And, um, and I remember praying and saying, okay, God, just, you know, lead me to the right person, lead me to the person who is going to help me get out of my way and understand why I do the ridiculous things that I do. And who will also show me how to step into my best self. So I walk into my therapist's office and, and, oh, and the other thing was I want him or her to have faith because I don't know how to talk about talking to God to somebody who doesn't believe that there is a God. So that was really important to me. And so I walk in and of course, I'm completely oblivious and I'm ashamed that I even had these thoughts now, but I was really young, early 20s. And what I discovered when I walked in was a man with like a feather in his hair and a dream catcher around his neck. And he just looked, um, he was a Choctaw Indian which baseline I thought was cool. But all the symbols that he had around him, I was like, do you pray to the wolves or do you pray to God? Like what's going on here? And of course now, I mean, please don't judge me. That was young Amber, completely unaware of that culture and all the amazing things about it. And I learned through this particular doctor how amazing the Native American culture is. And so I walked in fearful, scared, like what is going on? Who is this guy? And that changed my life. This man walked with me for eight years, y'all eight years. And it started, I would go every other week. At times I went every week. We tapered off to once a month. Every once in a while, I would do like a quarterly check-in. And after he moved and he was way up in the Midwest or way up in the, I don't know, I guess very tippity top of the country. Regardless, he was far away. And when things were going on in my life that got out of control, I had, my dad was in the hospital. My father-in-law was very sick. Uh, lots of things were going on at work. I was very scared for my dad and I tracked him down and I found him and he called me back and talked me off the ledge even then. So I just want to be really transparent about that because so many people are like, oh my gosh, Amber, you have your act together or you're so grounded or you're so okay with yourself or you're not judgmental of other people. How do you do that? And and first of all, I am still a work in progress. We never get there, people. And I still have my challenges. But eight years of therapy, I'm pretty sure that gave me some really good tools <laughs> to use and also helped me become a good coach to know how to ask provocative questions, to know how to look into somebody and say, there's more to you than even what you are seeing. And I am going to help you get there. So therapy was amazing. And the stories that he brought in and the Choctaw, I don't even know what to call them, maybe stories, maybe philosophies, principles. They were, they stay with me to this day. I mean, I, and I use them to, and, and credit him uh, as I am speaking or using them with clients. And so that was huge, 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 huge for me. So first I was genetically wired. Second, there were certainly circumstances <laughs> in my life that caused um, some issues. And then there is environmental too. So 
um, being being in environments that were not going to help me live my best life. Um, and we'll just leave that there. So so my recommendations for you, if the, if this is if you're finding yourself in a season, if you have just always known, like, I'm just wired tight or I deal with depression on an everyday basis. This is part of my DNA. Some people have their insulin dependent diabetics and they have to take insulin to eat and live like that's just how it is. You just have depression. It is just the lot that you got in life. Um, that's normal. It's OK. Like I have celiac disease. I can't eat gluten or I will suffer. You might have depression and that there's nothing weird or wrong or shameful about that any more than it's not shameful for me to not eat bread and pasta. It's just what your body does. And and so my encouragement to you, whether you're dealing with depression or anxiety or both or any other mental illness is first, you've got to get that support. And so the professional support could could include therapists, which obviously I'm a fan of. And and let me be real too. When I wrote The Bombshell Businesswoman and I had to reach back to those seasons where things were really, really rough, I had to go back to all the stuff that I pulled myself out of to begin with. That was really hard. It was super hard on me. And I joke all the time when new authors or aspiring authors ask me, you know, what do I need to do? And, you know, tell me about writing a book. And And I always say, well, first of all, um, if there's anything personal in your book, what nobody told me is that you need to schedule your nervous breakdown. (laughs) And I'm I'm joking. I didn't have a nervous breakdown, but it was a challenge. And and I went back to to therapy for several months to just work through it instead of taking it out on my family and taking it out on my friends and not sleeping and and wrestling all by myself. I went back to therapy and um, and looked for that support. And I'm I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I'm I'm trying to be transparent and say, you know, even still, this, none of this bad stuff has happened in my life, but just even revisiting triggered emotional emotions that I felt like I needed professional support so that I could be my best self. And I, and I had to laugh because the, the therapist who that who I saw was familiar with me because she owns the, the therapy practice that my previous therapist worked at for so many years. And she said, well, I'm, I'm not even really sure why you're here. And I said, well, I'm not at my best. And she's like, well, it sounds like lots of things are, are going right. And I kept saying, I am not at my best. And so that alone gave her enough to dig deep and, and to pull me out of the, ugh, you know, because I like I like optimized Amber. And if I feel like I'm slipping from optimized Amber, I'm going to figure out what I need to do to get optimized again. That's that's where I am in life right now. That might be a little bit further on the journey than where you are right now. You might be where I was, which is how do I get my head above water? <laughs> I never want to go back there again. So the minute I get on a slippery slope, I'm, I'm going to revisit something. It's kind of like somebody who's lost a lot of weight and then they put on like a pound where you and I might be like, eh, it's water weight. That person's like, now I'm on a slippery slope. What do I have to do to get this pound off? And that's where I am with my mental health. So looking for a therapist, um, having a good doctor, like your general practitioner, if you don't have a good relationship, a trusting relationship with your general practitioner, I urge you to find somebody who is amazing. I have been seeing my general practitioner since I was 21 years old. He is, I mean, I thank him 
in my uh, acknowledgements in the bombshell businesswoman. He's been there for me. And during that time where I was getting sick and optimal Amber was not arriving every day. I was having to go in and see him for different things because autoimmune issues get out of control too when you're not at your best uh, mentally. And he was totally there for me as he's always been because he's awesome and he's just walked my life with me all this time. But he was even like, okay, Amber, it's time for you to go, you know, find somebody to, to talk to because you're ruining your health again. (laughs) He didn't say it that way. I'm paraphrasing. He would never say it quite like that. But basically, that's what he told me. And so even just having that external like, okay, I've I've known you, I know your medical history. And these things are not happening out of the blue. These things are happening because your mind is causing this distress on your body. Also, if not a therapist, if not your doctor, a spiritual leader and and a good spiritual leader, not somebody who is going to give you fluff. I'm I'm talking about a pastor who you trust, a spiritual guru, if you will, um, somebody who is connected to the divine, somebody who will look at you and look at you with grace and first and foremost, love and without judgment and who will help you find the connection to your spiritual self and where you need to be spiritually. Now, I've never... I believe in God. I know not all of my listeners believe in God, but I do believe the most, if not all of my listeners believe in some kind of high power or a a spiritual connectivity to other humans. And so whatever that is for you, I invite you to dig into that and to see, okay, where do I fit into the energetic picture of this world and, and help some and find somebody who can help you connect? Because if we make it all about us, That's scary and lonely and depressing. And so when you connect your spirit to the spirits of other people in this world, now you're moving beyond yourself and you see how your impact to the world is significant. And that's when you can start really getting in a rhythm of relevance and purpose in this life. And I know that when people feel like they don't have purpose or there is no hope or they feel lonely, those are such huge triggers for for depression and anxiety. So definitely encourage that. On the alternative, side of things. And I, I don't even know why I'm considering nutrition alternative, but if you're not eating right, you're not going to feel right. You cannot treat your body like a, a garbage disposal. You have to understand what your body needs again, to be optimal. I am not severely allergic to grains. I just know when I eat grains that I am not mentally clear. I am lethargic and tired. I am bloated. My body's slower. I'm slower. I don't like it. I won't do it. I don't care if people judge me. I don't care if they think that I'm uptight or if I am um, high maintenance or I'm on some fad diet. I don't care. You don't have to have my experience. You don't have to live my life. You don't have to go at the pace that I go. If I choose not to eat grains, that's on me. You might choose not to eat dairy or maybe all of those things don't bother you at all. Like my husband can eat like anything, but if he's eating unhealthy, if he's eating high fat, high sugar, that kind of stuff, he's going to feel like crap. And that is just science. 
So if you don't want to feel heavy and depressed and sad and slow and lethargic and all those things, then figure out what your body needs. Hint is probably going to be a lot of produce (laughs) and a lot of really healthy proteins and a lot of healthy fats. And I'm not a nutritionist, but trust me, that gut brain connection I'm very familiar with. I do have autoimmune diseases, multiple, and I know how this works. And so I am going to take care of my body from a nutritional standpoint. Other things that I do, um, massage. I carry a lot of tension in my body. I carry a lot of tension in my hips. That's where a lot of anxiety is stored in human beings. It's scientific. It is also something that's talked about in yoga a lot, that you carry your worry and your stress and your anxiety in your hips, especially if you're female. And then, of course, you know, just in your traps and your neck and all that kind of stuff. So massage therapy, even if you're doing it yourself with like a, you know, something you bought at Walmart or a fascia blaster, look up Ashley Black's fascia blaster. I have like every single one of those because it helps me keep my body optimal despite the fact that I'm working out all the time and I travel and and my body's under a lot of stress all the time. Physical therapy, that might be something you want to look into as well. All of my super duper uber conservative not haven't really been outside of what my church growing up taught me. Brace yourself, Reiki. My Reiki practitioner, and I don't go all the time. And now this, I'm, you know, I know everybody's like, oh my gosh, Amber's woo woo. I'm not, I'm very open-minded. But my Reiki practitioner, it is, she is an energy worker. Every time before she does any energy work with me, she prays to Jesus Christ and asks that he bless our session. And so I just want you to maybe think about the fact that there are other things that you can do Maybe God has gifted people with the gift of healing that can help you along your journey. I don't even know what I go for half the time. And there are people that like they, you know, they know all about chakras and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm I'm just energetically constipated right now. I don't really know what's going on. And then as she treats me, like right before I wrote my book, right before I buckled down and wrote my book, she said that my throat was blocked. What is it that I'm not saying? What is it that I'm not sharing? Why is that blocked? And I was like, well, I'm procrastinating on my book and that's causing me a lot of stress. It just works. I don't know how it works. It just does. So um, something like Reiki or an energy clearing. And then of course, for those of you who follow my dog on his Instagram account at Nashville Gibbs, having an emotional support animal is incredible. I so made fun of this. I was like, oh my gosh, you little pansy. You know what, people? Like, you seriously have to have a puppy to be happy. Like, you've got to be kidding me. And then I got one. (laughs) And let me tell you what, that now is was such a game changer for me. Like he chills me out so much, not only just from petting him, which again, scientifically proven when you pet an animal, it lowers your blood pressure, it lowers your anxiety. And the other thing is it's something I have to take care of. So I cannot just sit and work for 12 hours. I have to make sure that he's taken care of or played with or takes a walk or whatever. Again, it's something that takes me out of my own head and out of my own self and out of my own overthinking and puts me in a, in a place of being energetically connected to something else, to another creation, to, to God's creation. And, and it's huge. And he travels with me and it's amazing. So um, whether you get a gerbil or a dog or a cat, um, you know, that is just something that may 
be a significant help to you. And those of you who are dealing with deep depression or serious anxiety disorder, you might be like, Amber, seriously, you're going to tell me to get a puppy. I don't know, again, how it works. I just know that it works for me. And when I get through everything, I'm just going to kind of recap like my lifestyle and how I manage things, you know, socially also. So, you know, we'll have our professional support. We have our alternative methods that we can deal with things. We want to have a good social structure. Again, people who have a lot of friends live longer. And if you're introverted, that is no excuse to not have friends. You can have a deep friendship with somebody. You can have fewer friends who also understand where you're coming from. You don't have to be an extroverted, go to every party kind of person to develop meaning, meaningful relationships. And again, when you are sitting by yourself and you are, you've got nothing to do, but be in your own head, then that I think is a huge trap for depression and anxiety. Again, I'm not a professional. This is just my opinion. And so being able to connect to another person is very, very important. So surrounding yourself with high quality people who prioritize love, prioritize love, who are not selfish, who are not manipulative, who are not conditional, who just love you and allow you to love them is critical. And then family. I understand that not everybody has a strong family. I'm so fortunate to have gajillion siblings and parents and um, and my in-laws I'm close with and and I have my own family and and that is important and if you have dealt with abuse or if you have people in your family who create an unhealthy environment um, or if they are part of the circumstances that have sent you deeper into depression or anxiety then by all means those are not the people for you to include that by all means, those are the people to cut out. But if you do have family and you are struggling with this, if you have a strong family, if you have a family who cares about you again, who leads with love and not manipulation or conditional love, then those are the people that you need to reach out to and be like, you know what? I just need you to know I struggle with this. This is something that is hard for me. And I want you to keep an eye on me and check me and help me manage my own situation here and hold me accountable when you see that I drop off the face of the planet and I don't reach out to anybody. This this is important that you understand my journey, just like you understand that somebody might have heart disease and that they have to take medicine every day and they have to eat a heart healthy diet and not a lot of salt. And, you know, you're never going to have steak dinner with them. They need to understand that this is something that you deal with. That's your everyday reality. And when you have just that transparency, people want to help. Like, it seems like every time somebody commits suicide, and I, and I know not everybody's that far, but let's just go to the extreme. It's like people go, I would have never guessed. I had no idea. I wish I would have known. I would have been there for her. I would have been there for him. And so give people the opportunity to to be the humans that they are and give them the opportunity to love you. Let your close family and friends understand all aspects of you, not just the highlights, not just the the Twitter feed of, of your life or the, the Instagram glory of it all behind the scenes. And I'm not saying post on social media. I deal with depression. Da, 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 da. I'm not saying put that out into the world because it is partially your medical history too. And you might not want employers to know that about you, right? And you might not want the public to know about that. So I don't encourage you to post this kind of stuff on social media. 
I do encourage you to be very transparent behind the scenes with, you know, in everyday, in real life, IRL with your friends and family. So definitely get that support from whether it's professional, alternative, friends or family. Um, I, I definitely encourage you to have a spiritual practice. And again, I'm saying a practice. I'm not saying that you have to choose a religion. I'm saying that having a spiritual practice will keep you grounded, whether that's meditation or something as simple as yoga. I I personally have a faith. I, I think that having faith helps you deal with the fact that you are not in control. <laughs> as much as we all want to be in control, we are not. And so that is something that's important to me. It's always been important to me. I'm a person of deep faith. I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not the, you know, rock star quintessential Christian with the ichthus on my vehicle. And I, you know, I always say I love Jesus and I cuss a little. And I, I just have different ideas around Christ's love than I think most the traditional church does. Although I have discovered that more and more quote Christians believe like I do. We just don't say it. So anyways, I'm a very liberally minded Christian who is open to everybody else's faith and practice that they choose. I'm confident and and secure enough in my own where I don't need you to agree exactly with what I agree on. But it does give me grounding and it gives me great meaning. And for those of you who are like, well, I wish God would just hit me over the the head with a ton of bricks to tell me what to do with my life. I get you. I understand. A couple years ago on my vision board, one of the things that I put on it was I wanted to learn how to hear from God. I didn't understand how other people were like, oh, I got a word. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, did he call you? (laughs) And so many times when I started studying this, like I had it figured out by like February. I'm like, ah, checking that box. How did I not know this? So many times throughout the Bible, it talks about the still small voice. So many times throughout the Bible, it talks about the peace in your heart. And so if you're expecting for God to like, you know, Skype you or or get on a Zoom call with you anytime soon, that's probably not going to work. But when you are making a decision and you have an immense amount of peace around that, that's God telling you, yes, that's what I want for you. It's just that simple. How to Hear from God by Joyce Meyer, P.S., was the study that I did and it was transformational. So I encourage that as well. And if that's not your bag, then like, let's get down on some meditation or yoga or or something along those lines. I know I've got more listeners than I used to that also, you know, look to the stars and all that kind of stuff. And so whatever it is for you, do your thing. Of course, then there's also medication. So whether that's antidepressants or anxiety medication, I don't take any prescription drugs now. I have in the past, full transparency. I did during the terrible seasons. I did it when I went back to college. I might have gone on something for a couple months towards the end of my book writing experience. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, But I don't like all the side effects and everything. So I do try to be as um, natural as possible. That is just me. Um, So again, like you might be deficient in certain minerals or vitamins. I know I'm always deficient in magnesium. So I take magnesium religiously every single night before I go to bed. Um, There's even like magnesium oil that you can use. and, And that is a natural like calm. In fact, there's a product called Natural Calm that has magnesium and calcium in it. You can get it on Amazon. It's like a tea. It's like a hot drink and you sip on it and it just takes you down about, you know, 28 notches. And then I also take CBD oil. So everybody's like, oh my gosh, Amber's doing weed. No, 
That is not what CBD oil is. Cannabis is actually a very effective tool. It's been around for forever, it is legal. There is no um, hallucinogenics in it. Like if, if you're to smoke weed, all the stuff that gets you high, that is not in CBD oil. It's strictly the hemp in the oil. Um, and for those of you who are like, oh my gosh, you can't believe Amber's doing that. Literally the Declaration of Independence was written on hemp paper. Okay. This has been around for forever. I could go on and on and on about the legal and the, um, well, more the political and the, of course, it's always about the almighty dollar about how cotton took over hemp and, you know, put the craze of, you know, hemp is bad into our country, but I'll just leave it at that. And so I will just tell you right now, that having a good social support network, having a, really putting a lot of priority into my family, having a solid faith practice, CBD oil and magnesium exercise, huge for me. I always say I hit the gym so I won't hit you. <laughs> That's big for me, getting those endorphins going, getting the energy out of my body. Because again, remember, I deal with anxiety. So when I wake up in the morning and I've been laying flat, all night long, uh, that's probably not good. So before I do anything for the day, I go hit the gym and get all of that extra energy out so I could be more effective during the day. The CBD oil stays in my system. It helps keep me very calm. Again, I try as much as possible to eat well, to not overconsume alcohol. And of course, pet my puppy and, and take care of him. And that is what works for me now. So I'm just telling you from way back in the day where I self-medicated and I treated myself and my body like crap, like total crap. I treated myself so terribly trying to deal and, and, and solve my own problems. Then I went to, okay, now I have support. Now I have help. Now I have some medication to just get me to a place where I can think clearly and I can start working on these bigger issues that are going to take a lot out of me spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And now I am fully natural fully natural, just like a type two diabetic can come off insulin and, you know, control their diabetes with diet and exercise. That's where I am now. And it's not that I don't have hard days it is uh, or hard seasons. It's that I know what I have to do and I know what my medicine is being the natural things. And I, and I prioritize that and I prioritize self-care like a boss. I prioritize self-care because I know I can't take care of anybody else if I don't first take care of myself. And that can be anything from a bubble bath or sitting in the hot tub. It could be getting a massage. It could be anything like that, getting a, a pedicure. And when I was a young, broke, single mom, the bubble bath was the jam. Okay. The bubble bath and some sparkling water or a bubble bath and a glass of cheap wine. Like that's, that was my self-care then. And, you know, now I can do things a little bit nicer than that, or even get away on trips with my husband. We're really, really good at acknowledging the fact that we go full throttle and that sometimes we just need to go away for a couple of days and just have fun and eat good food and spend time with each other and sleep in and not be responsible. So those are some of the things that we do now. Again, wherever you are in life, wherever you are financially, wherever you are with your free time and the bandwidth that you have, do what you can with what you've got. You will not be where you are now in the future if you start pursuing who you want to become. This is about 
Who do you want to become? You're not defined by your depression. You're not defined by your anxiety. You're not defined by your current circumstances. You can say, that is the person that I want to become. And here are the steps I'm going to start to take. And maybe I screw up and maybe I fail, but I'm going to choose for myself. I'm going to take personal responsibility for having a mental health screening. I'm going to take personal responsibility for taking action, for using the tools that are around me or that I can access to improve my world for myself and other. And and then you have to own your choices. And that's hard because so easy to blame. It's so easy to blame your parent that didn't do this right or the person who abused you or the person who's a jerk at work or your spouse who just can't do what he should be doing or she should be doing. It's so easy to look other places and put that blame on other people. But I'm telling you from personal experience, when I woke up and said, I am the common denominator of all my problems and I sought therapy to work on me, that's when my life changed forever. And anything that y'all are impressed by now all stem from that one decision to say, I'm going to own my own shiz. Okay. It's hard, but it's life-changing. So let's talk about some resources. First of all, if you're at the brink of making really permanent decisions, if you're at a place where you have no hope or you're on the very edge of having no hope, I want you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It is 1-800-273-TALK, which is 1-800-273-8255. That will get you in touch with a 24-hour crisis center. Or you can text M as in Mary, H as in Heather, A as in Amber to 741741. 911 is always an option. 911, calling 911 and feeling foolish is better than leaving your family and your friends and everybody who loves you behind because of a temporary situation. It is a temporary loss of hope. There is always something to be hopeful for. And so I encourage you, 911, get to the emergency room. And of course, these are all resources too. If you fear for somebody else's life, if you fear somebody else is about to take their life, please use these resources. If you're not that far, and I hope that you're not, The Anxiety and Depression Association of America, ADAA, has reviewed a handful of mental health apps. I know time is limited. It's hard to find a right fit sometimes, but you can actually download apps to your phone now and have conversations with a licensed clinical social worker or a therapist or a psychologist who's right there at your fingertips. It's amazing. So you can go to ADAA.org forward slash finding dash help forward slash mobile dash apps with an S. And that's on the Anxiety and Depression Association of America's website. Of course, we will put that in the show notes as well. There is also a comprehensive list of resources for mental health on the National Alliance on Mental Illness website. Um, So you could go to NAMI.org, N-A-M-I. 
mi.org. And then um, we'll put something that will actually link you straight to those resources in, in the show notes. So I encourage you to look for those things, you know, and then you can just a, a lot of insurance companies have like a mental health hotline. Um, you might have an emotional support type program if you work for somebody, if you work for a larger company and you're listening to this because you have a side hustle or you're a entrepreneur. Um, I know a lot of the companies I've worked for in the past, there is a there was an actual line that you called and they would put you in touch with um, the right support that you needed, whether that's addiction, whether that is alcoholism, whether that is sheer just um, mental health challenges, then they will they will find a way to get you plugged in so that you can get the help and the support that you need to take the next step. So, you know, again, I just want to say bombshells, I can only speak to my own experience being mine and the people that I love, but I hope that in sharing my experiences, you can get comfortable and honest about your own journey and your own mental health. I I just, I encourage you to take care of yourself, constantly remain in gratitude when things aren't going right find the things that are going right and stay in that positivity because when you complain out loud, that's the experience that you're creating in your environment. And so find things to, the minute you want to complain about something, I want you to instead say something out loud that you're grateful for and seek the help that you need. Or if it's a loved one that you're worried about, I hope that the resources we've shared today and that we're going to put in the show notes will help you in those circumstances. You know, being a bold brave, unwaveringly confident woman in business is not an easy path. And I know a lot of you have written to me saying, when I read the first few chapters of your book, I cried because it was like, you're talking directly to me. We take on so much. We have such a sense of responsibility, not just for ourselves, but our employees, for our families, for our communities. And that deserves support. And and I just want to reflect what Allie Brown so wisely shared in her episode a couple episodes ago. Make it a priority to seek more support than what you think you need. And um, we ended the show on that note then. And I think that's a good place to end here. So big hugs to all of you. I love you. I want to see you be successful and I appreciate you including me on your journey as you aspire to become your best self and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the BombshellBusinessWoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.